On episode 71 of DevTalk, I speak to Florian Bader and Dominic Descher about building an IIoT platform using Microsoft Azure. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guests are Florian Bader and Dominic Deschner. Florian is a software architect and Microsoft MVP from Azure and developer technologies with a focus on everything IoT and web. And Dominic is head of software development at Stego. Welcome. Hi, Kerry. Thanks for having Hi, Kerry. Florian, you're a returning guest. Uh, last time we, we were in a little different constellation, but we had a sort of a similar topic. You were going to talk about something you two have been working on, and that is building an IIoT platform. And I have to start with the question, what is that additional I? What is IIoT? Right. So Dominic, do you want to take that? Yeah, of course. The I, uh, the double I in IIoT stands for industrial. So it means industrial Internet of Things. And it's about uh, connecting industrial machines in the field, uh, namely uh, sensors and actuators in your shop floor uh, with your IT systems in the cloud. And by that, you want to gain uh, insights uh, about your business operations and generate forecasts and uh, advanced analytics uh, about what is happening in the field and how you can optimize your processes. How is it different from just one eye IoT? I think it's uh, a bit more complex um, in comparison to the uh, consumer area of uh, the Internet of Things, uh, because uh, in uh, production processes, there are many different devices involved and need to talk uh, with each other. Everything uh, needs to be on the same uh, cycle and needs to work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And that makes it really complex uh, to get everything going in the IIoT area. And isn't there like an IIoT platform already out there that you can just take off the shelf and maybe adapt to your needs? Yeah, of course, there are plenty. When I first started working at Stego Electrotechnic, uh, we wanted to digitalize uh, our business processes. But then we realized that uh, we already developed uh, some um, digital sensors based on the IOLINK protocol, which is a pretty new kind of industrial um, protocol in the lower level of the field. Mm -hmm. And this is really uh, made for IIoT uh, because it brings so much concepts uh, that you need uh, to uh, bring sensor data to the cloud and to your IT systems. And we only wanted to uh, give our customers a value-added benefit uh, to uh, a concept, maybe a white paper or a little console application um, to bring IIoT data, uh, excuse me, IOLINK data uh, to to the IT systems mm -hmm. and but we didn't find any good solution. So we looked into different uh, platforms and what we noticed is, yeah, there are existing platforms, but you need to take tons of effort uh, to rea realize uh, a good IoT use case. So you need developers and field engineers, and we aim to, well, not have uh, so much uh, development time and engineering time into our um, IIoT use cases. So that's where Stigo Connect was born. Okay, so this is this is now a product of yours. Yeah. Yeah, right. So so basically, this came from the need to have a, a 
IoT or IoT platform, which is basically using those benefits of, of the IOLink protocol. So um, what what Stigo basically did is look at all those, those IoT and IoT platforms out there, which are basically very generic. Uh, so you can use it for kind of everything, but they're also not very good at specific use cases. They're good at everything. Mm-hmm. And that's basically where, where Shadow Connect was born because it is really um, the, an IoT platform specific to that IOLink use case and specific to the, the use cases at Shadow. So that's also why the, the platform was born and why why we did actually start developing the, the platform ourselves instead of buying into a platform. So when we started off first, uh, back in 2018, there were two different kinds of uh, platform solutions available in the IIoT market. So first of all, you could have uh, you could buy a platform that handles all the cloud stuff and the UI stuff and the some kind of visualization stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had to do the heavy lifting from your shop floor uh, to the cloud uh, and implement all uh, things around that. Okay. So that means you uh, need to look into how you can uh, gather the sensor data from your devices, from your machines, how, how you connect to the cloud, how you provision devices, and uh, how you make that secure. Mm-hmm. Or the other concept was uh, that you have some kind of industrial PC solutions uh, that allowed, allow you to uh, gather the sensor data, but you have to uh, care about the cloud part. So, of course, you could also combine those solutions to a working part, but uh, that is also uh, has pretty intense uh, effort, and we wanted to make this better. Okay. And you went with Microsoft Azure. And is... is uh, or- what technologies did you use that, or which offerings of Microsoft Azure did you use for, for your project? Right. So uh, basically the, the proof of concept, which started at the, the very beginning, was, was based on Azure IoT Central, which is a software as a service solution by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Where you can, it's basically, if you want uh, what to call it, that it's a ready-to-go IoT platform where you just have to press a button um, and you get the full product and you pay per device and you can um, connect your device to IoT Central and display the, the sensor data. And that was really uh, okay for a proof of concept to see if all the, the IOLink connectors, for example, worked and uh, send data and you can receive data, change uh, data on, on the uh, actual devices. But um, getting more into those specification of IOLink and what is really possible then made the, the step to that uh, self-developed platform. And um, we did that with uh, Microsoft Azure services. So uh, the most prominent one is um, IoT Hub, which is the um, kind of the, the service between cloud and devices. Um, IoT Hub can receive messages from, from devices and can also send messages from the cloud to devices. Mm-hmm. But it can also do more than just that, that message broker stuff. You can provision devices based on certificates. You have a um, device twin for each device that you connect to it, which 
basically means you have kind of a, a virtual image of your device where you can set properties in the cloud, which gets synchronized to the device okay. and also vice versa. So you can report properties from the device to the cloud. And what's really cool about that synchronization is that the device doesn't need to be offline. So that's the whole um, idea behind device twin, digital twins, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. You can basically just um, tell the device, hey, please um, set your temperature mode to um, Celsius. And the device doesn't need to be online. It synchronizes once it gets online, yeah. which might be at a later point because maybe connectivity is bad. And then it can report back to you, hey, yeah, I set that value. Here's my, my acknowledgement, basically. So that are all parts of, of the IoT hub that we basically leverage in, in our IoT platform. Okay. And, and of course, uh, we use the um, edge services, right, Florian? So where we are able to deploy um, Docker images um, to the devices. So you can right. um, give a deployment manifest uh, to, to the IoT hub. And it cares about uh, that your devices uh, get deployed with our latest software versions. Right. So to, to get into more detail about that edge stuff, which is all um, basically the, the functionality everyone talks about if um, we speak about edge computing, which is, hey, we don't want to um, run functionality or run an application in the cloud, get the data from the devices, and then basically send some computed values or some actions back to the device. Because uh, there's always latency be between devices and the cloud. Yeah. So the, the idea is to, to push the functionality to the edge, which basically means um, on-premise or on the side where the, the device um, is located. And you have the concept of a edge device or a, a gateway, whatever you want to call it, uh, which, is, uh, which is connected to all those devices. So it's kind of a gateway that connects to the devices and runs different functionality, which is called modules or edge modules. And that functionality doesn't have that latency disadvantage because it already runs um, near your devices, either on premise or uh, wherever you want to host this. Some host it directly on, on the shop floor, connect the machines to it. It can also be a, a server basically um, on the, the site where, where your machines are. So that's a bit flexible depending on what you want to do. And to take uh, maybe one step back, why we need those, those edge modules, um, we can take a look at what the, the Stigo use case really is. Because um, what Stigo does is um, mainly uh, enclosure climatization. So for example, you have a machine which has electronics inside of it, and you want to have the, the perfect climate for those electronics. Um, okay. So they have a longer lifetime. and to ensure that you, you have different sensors, for example, you can measure the temperature, you can measure the humidity. And if the temperature goes up, you want to cool down. So you have always that the perfect climate for your electronics. So to increase your lifetime and this functionality to react on uh, sensor value changes and trigger actions, you can either do that in the cloud, for example, I'm sending all my temperature values to the cloud and evaluating them in the cloud. And then if I notice, okay, the temperature is too high, I'm sending a command to the device and say, hey, um, activate the, the cooler or something like that. Something like that. Um, but what uh, we really wanted to do is um, 
decrease that latency and also have have kind of an offline support. So, for example, mm-hmm. if your if your internet uh, connection um, disconnects and you don't have any cloud connection, you still want to trigger those actions on a device because you don't want what your devices to overheat just because you don't have any cloud connection anymore. So that what, what, that's what edge computing also enables, that kind of offline support, where you can just push functionality, like this workflow that uh, we define, uh, which reacts on uh, sensor value changes, and then based on that triggers actions on the devices. Okay, so, so let's look at an analogy. I have this home automation system at home, and I have this, uh, it's called a, a hub, it has a an Ethernet connection. I plug it into my my router, and uh, it has a, a wireless or, or some sort of a wireless connection to the devices in my home, like the smart thermostats or the the light switches. And this is my edge device, right? It's connected to the internet, and it it relays on to the uh, to the devices in my house. And um, so if I have like I have switches and I have smart plugs or I have uh, light switches that, that go on and off. Uh, and uh, if I have a, they can be connected directly. So they can, if, if I hit the light switch, then the smart plug goes on. But if it's a more complex use case, then you need that edge device that looks at all the rules, only turn on the light if it's after sunset, uh, when this button is hit, and then it goes through that that device. But it also works if it's offline, if if my internet connection is lost, because uh, yeah, is this is right the, the analogy for for my home right. system, right? Right, and that's that's pretty uh, accurate because you described the, the IoT use case. So basically, the the consumer part where you have your your smart home and stuff like that. Yeah, and if if you transfer that to industrial IoT, it's basically not not smart home but smart factory. So you have all those machines that you want to connect to each other. Yeah. And where you want to react to to changes uh, and basically trigger actions based on that. Okay, cool. And I saw uh, there is an offering from Microsoft for the devices too, which is called Azure Sphere. Is this something that you're using or is, is that a little bit something else? Right. So um, Azure Sphere is um, basically some secure chip, if you want. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it uh, makes it possible to securely connect devices to the cloud. So that's kind of roughly what, what Azure Sphere does. Azure Sphere is not really an, an edge device. So it's more like um, if you want to secure your devices, you can use Azure Sphere. Mm-hmm. Or another use case would be if you want uh, some kind of gateway between old devices, which you can't kind of retrofit uh, with security. Okay. Uh, we have this, this uh, Azure Sphere as a gateway between old devices and the cloud to make the connection more secure. Uh, what we actually use, so for the sensor part, we are basically just using all the IO link devices that are out there, uh, which are either produced by Schlegel or by other uh, manufacturers mm-hmm. and then connect it to a edge gateway and we use difference at the uh, different edge devices at the moment so it always depends on what your use cases how uh, big you want to dimension your edge devices and also if it's it's compatible with the the IoT edge framework from Azure that we're using but most of the edge devices industrial edge devices that are out there uh, which support a, a Linux distribution and runs on at least two gigabits, uh, two gigabytes of RAM can, okay. can just 
use that Azure IT Edge runtime, which mm -hmm. then enables all the, the Edge functionality. Okay. And since we're talking about Azure services, what are you using behind those IoT offerings from Azure? Well, plenty of the services. Uh, I think it's, but I think it's a pretty common stack. Uh, so in front of uh, the user, we have um, an app service deployed, which hosts our uh, front-end application, which, by the way, is written in Angular, mm -hmm. and an ASP.NET uh, core backend, uh, which contains the uh, business controller logic. Um, for the async, async stuff, uh, we are using um, Edge functions. Um, excuse me. We are using Azure functions, uh, which are triggered when we receive data from the devices and uh, we want to process them and um, well, save them uh, into the databases. And uh, Florian, just to be correct, we are also using a service buses uh, to uh, route those messages from the IoT hub uh, to our functions and mm -hmm. to the destinations. And for telemetry storage, we are using time series insights, uh, which is a, is a time series a database provided by Microsoft and allows us to uh, store uh, our telemetry data we are measuring uh, at the device side. Okay, cool. What, what's really cool about uh, the Azure IoT Hub is the, the message routing functionality. So if you look a bit deeper at what IoT Hub is, for the message function, functionality, basically just a Azure Event Hub to distribute the messages and then build on top all the, the provisioning and device twin features. And um, for the, the messages that you receive either from, from the devices, for example, you can have message routing where you can specify rules. For example, if a... If a telemetry message um, gets received in the cloud and it has certain properties set, you can route it to a service bus queue. And based on that, you can um, process that, that service bus queue message in a Azure function, for example. So that's mm -hmm. what we're heavily using, this, that uh, message routing functionality to basically split all the, the stuff that we get from the edge, put it inside a, a specific service bus queue, and then have a specific Azure function that kind of processes that and also scales with the, the message load there. So uh, that's the, the common, uh, yeah, the common uh, way we are dealing with uh, messages where we just send them to a Azure function via the service bus and then process them. And Azure function is pretty cool for that uh, because um, you can scale really well with, with service bus queues. And also if you go directly into the building event hub of IoT app. So you can access basically the um, underlying event hub in our IoT hub and directly process messages. So that way the, the Azure function can basically scale with all those, those partitions in event hub where you can read uh, messages in parallel and scale your Azure function based on that. And we use it, for example, for real-time updates. So we get telemetry messages from the IoT hub, basically receive them from the building event hub. So it scales, scales really well with the Azure function and then send them to the front end via SignalR core. So that's pretty a pretty cool way where you can have kind of near real-time updates in your front end application where you just get your, your data from, from the IoT hub and push them directly via SignalR. Uh, to your your front end clients to display, and 
uh, just to add, the Azure functions are so flexible. Uh, you're not restricted to uh, tie them up with the IoT hub. You can also expose um, an HTTPS uh, interface, or you can uh, trigger them based on time. And uh, this is a really cool point uh, because first, uh, we uh, we used the uh, direct binding with the IoT hub, and then in, for certain topics, we realized that um, IoT hub messaging is not the best uh, uh, feature because uh, it uh, will charge us many messages when we transfer huge payloads. Uh, so we just uh, switched to HTTP uh, communication, and uh, this was really easy going with Azure Functions. Okay, and so if I'm a customer, I've uh, bought devices that I I have set up on my shop floor. I hook them up uh, to um, or set them up so that they they stream into your solution. And uh, now I've got a dashboard where I can basically see my see what's happening. Um, so what do I do with this? So do do I set alerts or do I feed that into other systems or what what do people do? Uh, I think everything of the mentioned points. First of all, it's it's so easy to uh, get started with uh, Stego Connect. Uh, you get delivered with a um, edge computer uh, that has a serial number on it and a secret key, which is some sort of password. Uh, you log into our uh, front-end solution and say, hey, hi, I got this device with that serial number and the password. And uh, then you're guided uh, through the setup process. Uh, so you can select which IO-Link devices uh, discovered in your local network uh, should be connected with Zigo Connect. And then one minute later, boom, uh, you're online uh, with all the IO-Link devices set up um, and the data structures transferred to the cloud. So we know uh, what specific payloads are uh, incoming from the devices and how we need to interact with those devices. And uh, from that point, uh, you have uh, different options uh, how to go on. So if you are interested in uh, just collecting sensor values, uh, you have already achieved that. But you can also set alerts based on that telemetry data. You can uh, start to create some kind of workflows on the edge. Uh, so for example, that's just like, like easy as Node-RED. Uh, you can just uh, click uh, some workflows together. For example, you want to say, the temperature of a sensor value goes uh, below uh, 20 degrees. Uh, then you want to take some action like uh, switching on uh, a heater. Uh, that's something you can do. You can also create dashboards if you have uh, more uh, sensor devices. Uh, and of course, we also have an edge analytics feature, which allows you to write some computation on the edge, uh, which gets executed and transforms your measurements values and then uh, delivers them into the cloud. And all that is also accessible uh, via APIs. Uh, so it's pretty much up to the customer uh, what exactly to do with our, our solution. So to get a bit more technical into that, how, how we did that, uh, so you also get a bit of best practices and lessons learned from us. The, the whole asset provisioning part that Dominic just described, where you just plug in your edge, um, edge device and then all the stuff happens in the background, is basically the, the Azure IoT Edge Runtime, which has a module for the IO-Link protocol. So the functionality is basically just see if there are IO-Link devices in the network. Provision them uh, means we report them with the device twin to the IoT hub, and then a function app basically grabs those those um, assets that we reported 
and uh, writes them to the database. And we have a different module, which is called Discovery, uh, which goes out to the network and sees if there are any IO-Link masters or other protocol masters out there uh, that we want to discover. So that's all the, the automation that happens with, with IO-Link, where you can just discover devices, report them to the cloud. In the cloud, basically, the, the data is sent from the IO-Link module, from the IO, the IO-Link devices. Uh, to the IoT Hub and then directly uh, transferred to our time series insight database. So that's also out of an out of the box feature where you can just tell Azure Time Series Insight um, to plug into IoT Hub, get all the messages, save them, and then you can receive them from from out of there. For all the all the, the different other functionalities, for example, workflow uh, is basically just a um, graphical editor in our front end, and we just transfer that workflow to a separate workflow module, which runs on our Edge device and executes that workflow based on data it gets from the IO-Link module. So mm-hmm. that's also a cool part of the uh, of the Azure IoT Edge runtime. You can route messages on, on the Edge. So for example, the IO-Link module doesn't need to know that there's a, work, a workflow module. It just sends out all the telemetry data it gathers from from the sensors, and it can then uh, make routing um, make routing rules and say all the IO-Link telemetry data send that to the workflow module and have a message handler in the workflow module which receives the telemetry data and then triggers the workflow with the with the current values and um, triggers actions back to the IO-Link work uh, the IO-Link module. So that's kind of a Basically, plug and play where you can just uh, plug modules together and they don't really need to know that uh, either of them exist. And also in the, in the cloud, uh, we talked about alerts, which you can trigger because we have dashboards and alerts because every good IoT and IoT platform needs alerts and dashboards. Right. Uh, <laughs> if, even if the customer doesn't use them, they want them. Um, <laughs> and alerts, you can have kind of two ways uh, to go. You can either have real-time alerts where you get telemetry data in the cloud and directly trigger the actions. That's not what we did because it can get very complex to do that and also um, takes a lot of, of performance and computation to always analyze the stream of data you're getting and triggering alerts based on that. We are uh, using for alerts also very heavily Azure Functions, which are just timer-based functions. So they uh, get executed every minute, mm-hmm. take the last values that we got from, from the sensors, see if they match any alert rules, send out um, or trigger an, an action, which can be a email that gets sent out to the customer, for example. So that's also something that we learned that uh, at the moment, we don't need any real-time evaluation for alerts, for example. So we didn't spend the, the time to implement that. and use fancy services like um, uh, Azure Stream Analytics, for example, which can do that for you. Um, we really wanted to do a, a pragmatic approach to have the functionality. And if we need that additional real-time uh, analytics later, uh, we can just implement that. But for now, it's just basically a, a polling of, of the data and comparing that to uh, alerts that are defined. Okay. And when building such a product, you usually have more ideas than time or budget. Uh, what's what's on your roadmap, or, or are you still developing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have so much so much <laughs> ideas uh, and and so less time. Uh, but currently, we are heavily working on on our analytics feature uh, because it's uh, a really really cool idea uh, to 
somehow uh, send some sort of uh, C sharp script uh, down to the edge device and um, and and uh, program your analytics and maybe also your workflows in the future. Uh, we are heavily working on uh, improving the usability uh, of Stego Connect. So we are working for about a year on, on the software solution, and we always tried to um, take a pragmatic approach uh, to implement the core features, uh, to show the function functionality to the customer. Um, but there's also room always uh, room for improvement. Uh, so that's what we are working on. We are evaluating different um, edge devices to always have the um, right solution for, for the use case. And yeah, well, I think that's uh, that are the main points. Right. So that's also the, the conclusion for us with everything that we learned uh, that uh, by using, for example, the, the uh, Azure IoT services that are out there and also the, the other Azure services, it really makes it easy to um, build a build your own platform in a really short amount of time because you don't have to deal with those kind of things. Um, and also what Dominic just mentioned is we always uh, start small and then grow with the re requirements for basically for also, also from our customers. So it's not like, hey, we need analytics. We built this huge solution, which kind of uh, does everything. It's basically just some some small part to see how it also, how it works, how it affects performance, if the user really likes it, what the user wants as additional requirements. So that's a, the key thing where we start really small and then based on on feedback we we grow on those those areas sounds great yeah uh, so any any last words uh for for users users to get started or who want to either build something like this on their own or are looking for a, for a solution like this what we uh saw when we first started developing it and we couldn't get into more detail today but um have a, a very lean development process really helps and having a, a team which kind of, of grows with, with the whole project. Mm -hmm. um, from the start, we, we use documentation as code. So basically just markdown uh, files in your repository, in your Git repository, which really helps a lot because it makes um, writing documentation part of your development process. And part of your, for example, pull requests that you do for each feature. Okay. And the other big part is um, having something like infrastructure as code. So we heavily use Pulumi, uh, which is a, a framework that you, where you can um, basically program your, your infrastructure as code and then deploy it in a pipeline. So we mm -hmm. always know what kind of, of services that we use. We always know the configuration. And it really helped us at the beginning because we started with a, a simple development environment. And because we used something like infrastructure as code, we could really fast get new environments going. So when the first early adopters uh, went on the platform, we could just deploy a, a preview um, environment for them. And when we wanted to go live, we just deployed a production environment, which basically was just a click of a button. So those are the, the basic things that, that really help with developing such a, a huge platform. Anything from you, Dominic? Also from my side, um, for all uh, you guys out there uh, planning to work on an IIoT project, it's 
so much fun, uh, but we learned also some things uh, from well, uh, developing uh, retail IIoT platform. Uh, IoT projects tend to be really complex, uh, but they are so complex that you don't see it uh, from the beginning. Uh, so there are so many obstacles uh, that are on your way, uh, probably uh, you don't see yet. Yeah. Start, starting from uh, getting sensor data, IoT project are, projects are normally uh, uh, somehow originated in the development um, department. And now you're starting to work with uh, sensors and need to understand why they are delivering wrong values uh, and so on. It, this can get pretty time consuming. Uh, so it helps to uh, start small and uh, also maybe uh, it can help uh, to have a, a ready-built solution uh, that uh, takes some some of the work, uh, but it's always a good good thing to really think about what you are trying to achieve and uh, think about how you are trying to uh, achieve the solution that will help. Great. Well, uh, wise words. <laughs> Thank you very much. You too. We learned the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so thank you for being my guests and, and sharing your insights and I hope to have you on again in the future. Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been another episode of Dev Talk and we'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye bye.